Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I am Chris. And welcome to our Adelaide Crows team analysis, Chris. It's going to be fantastic. Um, we spent a hell of a lot of time collating stats, looking at teams, analyzing how they play and who's going to be great at Supercoach. Yes, and this is where everything comes to the fold and we get to tell the lovely community our thoughts on the teams specifically. So we go through the uh, premiums. So the rookies, we're looking at draft relevance as well for those that are playing draft. Let's look about the value, Chris. Yep, definitely about the value. Where you can pick people up in draft is really important. And to who know. to avoid. We're big on that too. <laughs> and things like true averages where you don't really... Um, so when you're looking at an average, an injury comes into play, um, yes. what would their average have been if you take that injured game out? Um, are you getting value out of that? Yep. Or are you getting value out of a role change? Or are they looking oh, like the second coaches, part of the season? New, new coach, coaches, which is big this things year. Things like that really impact um, players moving forward and uh, dictate you know who's going to be actual value picks yep. moving into Supercoach 2020. So many unknowns. And the, and the thing that I found is lacking, Chris, is that normally teams are really quick to pump up their tyres, but I haven't heard too many hype articles yet. <laughs> there, it has, has been, it, a it's been a very quiet off-season in has. terms of articles and things like that. So I'm... I'm a little bit... Um, well, unless you're Charlie Kerr now. <laughs> yeah, well, he's had like four or five. <laughs> um, All right. Dude, he just can't stay on the park. He cannot. But let's kick it in to, with Adelaide. Um, so we'll, Can't even stay on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Too Absolutely. Far? All right, hit us up with um, So we, we like to go first through with a little bit of a team review. Have a look at um, any trends this year um, and also what they were doing last year. But we'll start off, they do have the round 14 buy, which is a favorable buy. So the first thing about Adelaide players, if you are selecting any, they have the best buy available. And the reason for the round 14 buy being the best is that, first of all, you can, if you like, sideways trade to any of the other 12 teams that aren't on the buy that week. So you've got that advantage. But also the way that um, players work, you're not going to trade two for these players until after the buy. Yep. So if you're going to have them in your team, you're going to start with them. You're not going to trade them in around eight or nine. Um, so important to look at these players as players you would keep for the entire season. Um, and so for that reason, Adelaide do have a very favorable buy. They start the season with three home games, in inverted commas. Um, they play Sydney, uh, Port, so there's a showdown in round two, and then Brisbane at, uh, at home. And then they go off to the G to face Richmond. So... Um, the teams there aren't necessarily really easy. I mean, the, like you know, the derby can be anything. Um, the that show, is true. showdown produces mixed results. But when um, you're looking at it, like Sydney, well, Lions, I guess, are becoming more challenging, but they do leak Supercoach points. Yes. Um, then you have the Dons, the Saints, the Suns, the Dockers, Melbourne, Carlton. Like, this is, all, this is all yep. before they hit round 11 against the Giants. So. It's definitely an opportune moment for some of these players to do well Absolutely. or some rookies to get some really good games early on. Yeah, fantastic. And I really think that there is going to be a lot of opportunity there because of their list turnover at the end of the year. And look, I suppose that was really brought off the, the infamous uh, off-season that they had last year where basically the entire senior team cracked the shits. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it ended up with essentially the coach being sacked. So... Um, it's going to be an interesting year uh, for Adelaide. Uh, they've got a lot of. Um, they had some guns come back last year in uh, in Brad Crouch and Brody Smith, but they still only managed an eleven place finish. And most of it, in my opinion, is all to do with their ball movement. 
So they were very, very proficient. In fact, they were the third in the competition for overall disposals. However, um, sixth in competition for contested disposals. What they would generally do is they would get the, uh, you know, the, the terrible clearances, they were ranked 15th in the league for center clearances. So they would lose the center clearance. It would go into their defense. They do have good defenders, uh, intercept defenders. They've lost one of those in Alex Keith, but we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, and they would turn the ball over at halfback, and then they would dominate possession across the halfback, trying to get the ball forward. Their problem was getting their ball forward and their ball movement lacked. Their forwards were basically starved of football the entire yeah. year. There's one forward in their entire list that you would even call as maybe a premium. Um, Lynch? In Lynch, yeah. yeah Outside of that, there's really, really bare pickings because there's just no one there. So, Not only that, they just wouldn't move it forward. They'd move it sideways to other exactly. midfielders and they'd kind of and chip it and try and share the ball amongst their midfield. And then all of a sudden they go forward and then, oh, whoops. Between Laird and the Crouch brothers, oh, yeah. the amount of times that they just chip it to each other and without yeah. any impact on the game was ridiculous. So I'm really hoping to see them change that, either get more effective moving forward or change the lineup and change the style of play. Um they uh, they were third, however, in effective disposals, but fifth in turnovers. So that whilst they yeah, obviously controlled the ball well, quite a lot, they turned the ball over like it's going out of fashion. Well, they're probably effective in that sort of 25, 30 metre range. And then yep, the minute they exactly went longer, right. they probably turned it over. Yep. Unfortunately, also, their pressure was really far down. They were 18th for one percenters for the year. So they're last in the league for... Well, they did have six, Jenkins at that. <laughs> which is... Yeah, that's... Um, so, so sorry, look, Jenkins. unfortunately, Adelaide, they just had a tough year. And and, and I think tough. that even though their list turnover, so they lost um, Cam Ellis-Yolman to Brisbane. Uh, Richard Douglas is unfortunately delisted. Eddie Betts. Um, Eddie Betts obviously went to Carlton. Andy Orton retired. Sam Jacobs went to Greenwood. GWS. Hugh Greenwood went to, to the, the Gold Suns. Coast. Alex Keith went to the Dogs. Jeez. Josh Jenkins went to Geelong. And, but they did have uh, Billy Frampton come in from Port. So that was their only real list Jeez. change. Talk about a rebate. <laughs> yeah. Now, fortunately for them, most of those guys are fringe players or players that were sort of, at the, you know, 19 to 22 players. They, they yeah. weren't necessarily first-team players. Or they get, have the or, core of their list yeah, still or together. Getting, or getting older yeah. and, in Eddie Betts and um, Jenkins. You know? And they do have some young talent coming through, which we'll talk about later. So there's, yes. I don't think that list changes are going to impact them too much on field. I don't think they're going to drop down and be a bottom four side. I still think they're going to be fairly competitive, but they've got a long ways to go. So we'll see how that goes. That's interesting. Um, in uh, in terms of Supercoach perspective, hard to see anyone investing in midfield or forward stocks this year outside of draft formats, of course. Yeah, I still I think Sloan with their easier draw, he could be the one beneficiary. Not only that, like um, Matt Crouch has been hovering for quite oh. a while, but he could rack it up in easier draws. I'm yep. not saying it's going to happen. I am nowhere near going that in standard. But in draft, I can't see him dropping much value in draft. Yep. So Matty Sloan, uh, sorry, Rory Sloan, I think will be the probably the one with an easier draw if he doesn't get much attention. Then uh, teams are starting to try and tag some of these you know, rebounding defenders and some of these other positions now. Whereas Sloan had a good run last year, he got injured, but he still did average well. I wouldn't pick him in standard because I reckon he might still drop in price at some point. Well, there's that, and there's also the fact that, and we will get to this. Yep. There's just such that big gap. And even if he's big, averaging one ten, it's not it's enough. It's not not enough. It's not enough. Even even, Oli- is even not Oliver's enough. on the fringe of like, hey, like Oliver. Absolutely. Yep. So you might and Laird, he'll get he'll get tagged in a game. He'll get injured in a game. He'll drop fifty k. Um, sorry, yep. Sloan. Yes, uh, and we'll get to that. But we'll go from the, from premiums uh, down, starting with the defence. 
Uh, I think there's only really one true premium there, which is Laird, of course. Yes. Um, and as predicted last year, when we did the same series, we said that the impact of Brody Smith coming back will be a negative one. I didn't think it would be as much as 12 points per game, but no. it was considerable. And I think he had a down year as well. Well, the other thing that, and it's sort of, no one's really sure about this, but the real accumulators of the game really dropped off. So Laird's an accumulator. Yep. He actually um, averaged uh, three less disposals per game than he did last year. But, um, the, the, sorry, the year, the year prior, but that's not really 12 points. Um, so I think the actual impact of his disposals was, was a large part of it. So his effectiveness of his disposals is why he actually dropped in scores. He also obviously doesn't take any kickouts. Yeah. Um, so even averaging 96, though, it's a fairly safe 96. I think he played a bit more safe anyway. He didn't really take on as much, which could be why, like, if you just chip it to someone uncontested, yeah. you get less points. I can't really see... A reason for him to increase his output. I don't see you know, there's no there's no extra disposals coming out of that back line that I can see. I don't well, see. If, a well, my theory is, is that if the crows are struggling, then he might actually do a little bit of improving. And I think the fact that over a couple of years he's still not too old, which is good. No, and he, I think he could still get you between that ninety five and a hundred and two mark. He's right. going to be, he will be I guaranteed be top there. six defenders. But I the one thing that pretty, we, the one thing we did notice is that even the Suns were tagging led. Yep. And he didn't even do that well against a crappy tag. No offense. Yep. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Last year we saw a shift of just tagging midfielders to actually tagging these rebounding sort of players. However, Smith also had some attention. So it's going to be one of those things where Laird might do well, and he, he, the funny thing was is that Laird was still very consistent, but he didn't have those 120-plus scores that he was used to. Absolutely, and um, the, well, I mean, the positive on the flip side of that is you know, he's only had three scores in the 70s in the last two years. So it's two years, and he's only... Yeah. like those are, those are his lowest scores, the three yeah, scores and in I've the I've seen 70s. him in a lot of sides so, because he is consistent. High and floor. He, and he does have the last buy, which is definitely going Absolutely. in his favor. Um, and so... Uh, I think is a very val- valid selection. Um, I firmly in top ten consideration. Yes. Without even considering that he may improve, and he definitely might. I just am a little bit more pessimistic about that. Yeah. I think it's a buy structure that comes in his favor. Yeah. To be honest, he's a va- he's you know I don't think his value, but you'd pay five twenty five k for Led. Yeah. You'd pay for that during the season because you're probably going to want to get him in at some stage anyway. Absolutely. Um. Maybe. You're- the one thing about Led though is that you may not want to start him because he's always going to be relatively cheap. And he's Led's, not going to hurt you so much. He's not going to hurt you. It's You're like going to be able to like pick him up sometime like during the season. It's like a steward or a rich where they'll drop some 80s and 90s and he'll be around the mark. Yep. Um, I, for draft purposes, I think Laird's an awesome pick. Yep. I think that if he's your number one defender, then you're, you're going all right there. Yeah. Um, averaging 96.8, he will be. there'll be people ahead of him. So yep. you'll be able to wait. You'll be able to get your other positions, pick up a Laird, even as a D1, yep. and you'd be happy. You'd I'd be, be so stoked happy. with Laird at D1. Yeah. And he rarely misses games. You know, someone like Whitfield, who's obviously got a fantastic output and is probably going to be the number one even defender. Even Zach Williams. They both miss games, well, right? Be Laird is just the most solid. He's going to be there every week. He's not going to miss a beat. He's got a great buy. So I, I think for even for standard, he's a very, very tough to leave out of any side. Yep. But there are value considerations around. You'd so, be able to get Laird, I reckon, your D1 and probably even your fourth fourth or fifth pick in in, in, in draft in draft absolutely yep. easy if you got him in your fourth or fifth pick you'd be, huge value you'd be laughing yep. you could go two mids a forward and then bang but I do I do think think that he will be a popular super coach pick he's not going to be exactly unique but I think he might only be in about 20% sides yeah which is crazy I think last year he would have been in easily over 40% he was in a lot Um. so yeah it's, it's pretty crazy 
I do rate him. Um, there are other options that I'm looking at, but for his price, if you've only got five, if you don't have enough to get up to a Whitfield in your setup, then Laird's a very valid D1. I'd be I'd be happy with that. Okay. Um, Smith is still he held defender status, even though he generally pushed up to a wing. Um, he actually had a great back end to the year, average ninety three point six six post buy, which is actually slightly higher than Laird's last ten. Yeah, um, and I think I moved on Smitty. Yeah, I think everyone did. I, I moved Smitty to uh, Laird. Is, yeah, I think I did too. <laughs> I and, think I did too. But it's like, it was so like the, I suppose it cost me a trade, but I think the uh, it worked out point, point zero six difference in average between the two. It hurt. Um, that included a score of 65 in uh, in round 15, uh, and uh, he actually averaged 88 for the entire year. So had a slower start to the year, obviously coming back from injury, yep. really worked his way into it. He could be considered a decent option. He is the 17th ranked defender, but I think for 40K, you just pay extra to get to... Yeah, don't do it. You just pay extra to get to Laird, right? Don't do it. Um, he's not going to break out and go 100 or 95s. Yeah. He's shown he's a good 88 average and draft purpose, yes. Standard, no. He's also prone to just, just the occasional stinker in there. And, um, and he, he had, gets attention. Yeah. And he had seven. So even regardless of, of the fact that he averaged 88 for the year, he had seven scores under 74. So he's got the potential to be, be a bit of a yo-yo, which means yep. you can pick him up during the season if he's... He's a poor man's Daniel Rich. Basically, yeah. Basically. I think, quick, um, I think decent in draft squads. Look yep. for him. Um, I think you could probably get him at about a 90 average, so slightly more than what his average is, um, as maybe a third, um, sorry, second or third option, depending on where those draft picks are falling in your league. So, um, And, yeah, depending on where he plays in JLT as well. Yes. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I want to see him on the wing, because when he was on the wing, he was pushing forward and kicking goals. Yep. And it was really evident he, was, he had a lot of impact from the wing. I prefer him on the wing as opposed to behind the ball. Yeah, but um, do note that he will be competing probably with Seedsman and uh, Seagull Atkins yep. um, for that wing kind of role. Definitely. Um, now, next one, obviously, Miller. Uh, he picked up defender mid-status uh, and his 402k. He was sort of a, a breakout contender last year. Um, Overhyped. And he's also the, also the Mills of 2019. Well, the first four games of the season, he, he averaged 95.5. So it was completely justified. Yeah. Injured. Then he got injured. Missed five games. Um, so in round, he ran, he missed blah, 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 blah. He got injured in round five, missing the next four games, and then faded into SC obscurity, averaging 67.5 from round five onwards. Yep. That is insanely bad. But that happens, though. Once you stunt your growth, even like yep. a, a Jared Berry, even yep. a Jared Berry was on fire, and then you get injured, and then it's really hard to keep that momentum yep. going. I look, I'd say or someone standard. overtakes you yeah. in the role that they're doing. Like, well, this they're doing well in this role, so we'll just put you in this other role yep. in the back pocket or whatever. Now, he's a pick that has hugely high risk, but also really high reward. Yep. He has potential to be a top 10 defender. He does. If he can tick all the boxes. And he's got the talent. I think everyone can agree when you're watching Miller play, 100% has the talent. The issue is not talent at all. Um, it's just his body and getting it right and his role. So those are two things that need to need to happen. I highly doubt I'll be looking at him as a starting option, but he no, could be I'll someone be, you look to upgrade to early. I'll be he's on my watch list for Definitely. particularly in JLT. Like I'm watching him, I like him, but I'm not at 400k. It's one of those ones that if it fails, and we've seen it you're fail. Screwed. Like you've seen your your Witherdens, you've seen your your Mills, and you've seen your Millers and stuff from last year. All these options fail. I mean, even to an extent, you're looking at your uh, your Rockcliffs and your other midfielders that failed. So yep. for 400k, it's a you're picking them to make it. 
and nine out of ten times they don't make it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Maybe not nine out of ten. That's a bit hard. No, I think it's it's, it's probably more accurate. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a very, very risky pick and stand. I wouldn't be touching him. However, draft is going to be fantastic. Draft is so good value because he only averaged seventy four. He's got. A, he's a great player. You might be able to pick him up as your last defender. You could pick him up as oh. your last defender. Any anyway, picking them up when it gets around that eighty, like low eighty averages, mm-hmm. you could bang on Miller. Easy eighty three, eighty four average. You could pick him up and have that possible upside. And also that I'd do it. that dual um, that DPP swing in draft is really valuable. Being able to plug a hole in your midfield or your defense when needed. I would definitely recommend as a pick if you can get him late for value. Don't overpay for him. Yep. But if you can pick him up at say, I reckon an eighty average. If he's that where he's at eighty two, I reckon yeah, like just before he goes. I need to listen back to these later because last draft Chris stole every <laughs> single person that I wanted. Literally about three three picks. So it was in the same the same round, but three picks before I went, he picked my player eight times. Winners are grinners, mate. Winners are grinners. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, now onto the uh, the midfield. Obviously, we did touch on Sloan. Had a tough year, um, averaging 103. However, he did get injured on 35 in round 11. Yes. So his true average was 106.24, which is decent. Yes. And he had some bloody brilliant games. Um, Not only that. If you take out that 35, Chris, he averaged 113.6 from round one he to did. round 17. Absolutely. Yeah, 113 in the first 16 rounds. Um, I can't really see Sloan, though, being that 110-plus player, and that's what I said earlier. For that reason, he's not in consideration for me in a starting squad spot. Correct. I can't see him being... If he's top 10, he's 10th. Yeah. You know, I, I, he's not going to compete with the top dogs this year in the midfield. That's so fair. he's someone that you'll want to upgrade to. Unfortunately, with the round 14 buy, it makes him hard to upgrade to before that. So he might be a last midfield upgrade. I also wonder what the captaincy might do to him, just quietly, the team role instead of the Sloan role. Um, it's interesting, but with Sloan, you know you're going to get the high ceiling, and that's where his value comes in, particularly with draft, not so much with standard. Standard, it is there because it's it could blow VC you out. the VC option, right? The VC option. He can option. just go big. He just uh, gets big. Scores of 129, 138, 140, 155. He's always had a big ceiling. So if as a VC, if you have a nice, sturdy captain option, you could throw a VC on Sloan, and if he goes big, then you're laughing. The issue with Sloan, of course, is he, does get, he tends to get shut down. Yeah. So if... Opposition taggers, they do tag him because they know they can shut him down. And he, he worked, pumps he worked, out a very, very He got bad tagged score. a little bit, though. He worked through that He better, was working through tags better, a lot better this year. Better in 2019 than previously. Absolutely. So a small tick. A little, little, little baby. A little one. Little um, baby and, of course, as a draft option, not bad as your second uh, mid option or yep. maybe if you've third. Got, if you've gone elsewhere, you'd yep. be able to pick him up third round, I reckon, easy. And you'd be looking at that 105 mark. So, again, you've got a little bit of value out of it because yeah. I do think he's probably in that 105 to 110 range. Um, and, it, again... Very good for a vice captaincy option in draft because you always want to have a backup there if you do play captains in your draft league. I agree. All right, uh, Matty Crouch. Um, yeah, the burn man. The burn man himself. M. Crouch. Um, this is Matt Crouch in a nutshell. So some days he'll get 40 disposals and get 150. Some days he gets 40 disposals and gets 95. Yep. There is no way that I can, I can justify ever picking him again. He's just... It's for super coach reliability. The, score, the scoring, it's too uncontested. Um, he also has recently shown that he's got a propensity towards soft tissue injuries, which is also great. And um, he also doesn't get much time on ground. Yes. His history of time on ground is in the 70s. Even this year, 75% time on ground. You're looking at elite ball users, the ones even um, you're looking at Paddy Cripps has now gone up to an 89% time on ground because he pushes forward. He's useful. 
Matty Crouch, 75% time on ground. Yep. You cannot score could, 110 to 115. He could be. If he, Again, was on, if he was on the ground more and he used the ball better, then he could be. It's their game plan. He could be. And it's how he's used. Now, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, um, Adelaide with 15th in centre clearances. Yep. Now, that's having you know Brad Crouch, Matt Crouch, and Sloan, and Sloan for most of the year. Like... That's incredible. So they've got to work on their stoppages. He's got to be more contested inside. Yep. He did get injured um, on 51. I remember it was like five minutes into quarter two. He was actually absolutely 50, killing it. 50, yeah, he's on 54 around eight. Yes. Yeah. And um, and then so his true average is actually 106.44. So it wasn't a terrible year for Crouch by any stretch. And no. if you're like me and you basically had to keep him for the entire year. It was bad if you picked him in your starting squad. Yeah. He just wasn't the pick that we wanted. He wasn't the 110 no. per game pick, unfortunately, that uh, they ended up being. But I don't think he's going to be in many teams this year. Um, and again, he'll be one that you could probably upgrade to if you're showing some form. Yeah. He does have a good ceiling, though. He had six scores of 118 plus. So he had a 134, 138, or 161. Mm-hmm. I think his first round was actually one of the better ones. And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? Yep, um, absolutely. Another JLT trap, though. He went big, big, big in the JLT. First round, awesome, just like Cornelio. And then, yeah, it went like 138 in round one or something, didn't yeah. he, or something? And I was like, yeah, boy, yeah. I know, same as Cornelio, went 140. <laughs> and I was like, what have I done? Um, now, moving on, obviously, the brother of Matt, Brad Crouch. And look, credit where credit's due, because the first thing I have to say about this, Brad played the entire season. And yep. we wrote him off saying there's no way that he plays every oh. game. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know um, if I was that. So, I don't know if I was... the old cap, sir. Don't know if I was that harsh. Definitely credit, credit where credit's due. It was more the risk as far as how much money is he going to make? What's he going to average? Yeah. You know, I couldn't see him averaging over 100, which he didn't. So it's kind of like... well. For that, we, we did say, though, that There was some you're stupid going... stat that he's the only person ever to average 30 disposals in a season and not average over 100. Correct. Like, that's insane. But we were big on, if you do get him, just know that you're going to have to move him on. Absolutely. Because he won't be a keeper, and he wasn't a keeper. Yep. And I think that was the stance that I took. And I still think that there's probably still in- injury concern there anyway. Um, oh, I'm, just because he's, he's... I'm leaving him in standard. I'm leaving him in draft. I'm I will let someone both. else... And I wish him all the best. I will let someone else take that risk. Because I would much rather go a Matt Crouch, who actually has played for the last couple of years. I'd rather go a, a Sloan or a Laird or someone who has a little bit of durability. Yeah. And I'll leave Brad Crouch. And I, I'm, I'm sure he's a great player and he racks up, but... For those injury concerns, what's good one year may not be good for the next. And uh, like, like you said, it's better just to let someone else take that risk. He's not going to burn you the other way, right? If you love them, let them go. <laughs> let them go. There's no way he turns around and goes 110 average and completely burns you for the year, right? Like, is that actually going to happen? I, I, I don't know about that. I doubt it. Um, all right, moving on. As I said, the only forward premium that is worth noting is Tom Lynch of Adelaide, the Adelaide variety. Um, he actually averaged 92.8 over his first 10 games uh, before succumbing to injury, and the last six games only managed to average 71.16. So I think there's a little bit of value in there. I, again, I think it's probably too risky for standard selection. Yeah. Um, but I, at 459k, unfortunately, it's just that there's so much other value around that price point that I don't think he's going to compete with those other guys in that in that bracket. Could he be a top 10 forward? Maybe. I think the fact that they have lost some of their players as well, I I, I can't see. He's a link player. He's so a at link the player. moment, it's like, who are you linking to? Another reason and why their I ball see... movement suffered. When he went down, yeah. all of a sudden, they really struggled. And with I, I actually really think Lynch is so undervalued and so underrated, but 
who is he linking to? So I can't see him going up in score when I think there's going to be people turning it over before it even gets to him trying to link yeah. that chain. Well, I think that um, there'll be a lot of fresh faces there, and we'll get into that. Quick question, Chris. Yes. Um, Rory Atkins. I did hear on the oh. Jock Reynolds podcast that they were talking up Atkins as a possible... Uh, <laughs> breakout potential. Possible breakout contention. And so basically they would have to be referring to the Lockie Hunter 2.0. Yeah. Uh, can you see it? He's the biggest up and down player that I've ever watched. I've, I had him in draft two years running. We said we said multiple years ago he gets, uh, I think it was 50%, oh, no, was it 30% of the time he gets 100, but then 40% of the time he gets under 60. Yeah. It's, it was, it's uh, literally he fades in and out of games like it's going out of fashion, and you can't, I can't deal with that. He's consistent. It's, it's, <laughs> it's consistently bad. Uh, no, he's consistent as in he's up and down, but uh, even this year he had 10 scores under 70. Yep. You know, 10 scores. So I can't see. Half the scores under 70. Um, look, he will get a, a substantially increased role. I think he might um, have more time on the wing than he's played forward before. But, but who would you have on the wing? Would you rather have a Smitty? Uh, would you rather have um, Seedsman or would you rather have like an Atkins? I think Atkins is like wing half forward. Well, I think he will basically replace Richard Douglas. So Douglas's minutes that he was getting, not many, will just go straight to. No, he, uh, he, he played considerably last year, he and did. there were games where he played really well. I actually Kicked quite, a few goals, won a couple of games for him. That'll be next podcast. I don't mind him. I yeah. believe him. Um, so I mean, I do think that there's an, a, there's a chance that he'll increase his output to be anything top. No chance. What do you think? Uh, I, don't, do, I think the what risk do you think is the far ma- too high. What do you think the max he averages? Eighty-five. Yeah, I was going to say eighty-seven max. Yeah. Yeah. Like. No. Oh. He's no it's, again top end great, bottom end terrible. It's, it's the consistency, and yeah. he's he's a, he's a poor man's lucky hunter. So draft value. He's get he's get, he's getting the sloppy seconds on the chip hunt. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's a um, seagull. Now, of course, the rucks situation has changed. Um, so well, Rob really burst onto the scene. So Rolly O'Brien burst onto the scene good last money year. Money maker. Did you get him? Um. Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So 135k. Um. Made everyone about 400k. Was fantastic. Uh, so obviously, it was huge when Sam Jacobs was there. Um, one, they actually played together. There was one game they played together. Both of them scored really badly. So he does need to be the number one ruck, and he will be by the look of things. Yes. Um, Don't mess with the good thing. I do anticipate his numbers to hover around that sort of 95 to 100 mark. I don't anticipate... I don't think Rob's the answer to competing with the, the 130 averages of Gorn and Grundy. I don't, th- I don't think you're saving money by going Rob. So unless... You're doing that. I don't see the point in getting yeah. Rob, in my opinion. But okay, I I, I agree with you. Somewhat. Probably too early in, in his career to. I agree. Make that I agree with you somewhat. I think his ceiling's definitely there. He's shown absolutely the, the ceiling is huge. I think he got like a one seventy or something, didn't he, during he, the year? Huge. Something like that. Um, yeah. but he did tailor off. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of Nan Curvis, how Nan Curvis tailored off, and everyone's like, "Oh, he'll be fine. Another preseason, he'll build his tank." Yep. Not necessarily, because then what did Nan Curvis do? He hovered around the same mark. So I think, yes. He could, Rob could actually go to another level yep. and could go 110. However, he's still not going to be top two. And even then, you've got to you know, tailor those expectations on not everyone goes up. Yep. And we say that every year. Not everyone goes up in average. Everyone just assumes, oh, everyone's going up. But for everyone that goes up, someone must come down. Well, I think he's a great draft option. I think he's yep. a draft option with uh, potential and value in the pick. Um, if you take out that 60 game where he was sharing the ruck duties with Sam Jacobs, his average is actually 97.3. So I consider him as uh, someone you can pick as your ruckman, but after all the big ruckmen have gone through, you know, usually, you know, Gorn, Grundy, Goldstein, you know, all the big names go through. 
And um, then... 181 was the one you're thinking of, Chris. So he had uh, 120, 123, 149, 181. Yep. Big ceiling. And from round 12 to 18, he had a seven-round average of 116.5. Yep. So, but like, can you sustain it? Yeah. And like you know, our big um, draft strategy uh, for the last couple of years has been if you don't get a high enough pick to get a Gorn, Grundy, or a Goldie. If you don't get Gorn, Grundy, or Goldie, leave the rucks. Leave them. Don't even bother drafting a ruck because there's always going to be someone who's got a decent averaging You'll, ruck. You can pick up a Lyset. You can pick up... So many options. It's Lyset should be really good this yeah, year. Yeah, well. I reckon Lyset. I actually put Lyset and probably Rob slash Nick Nat in the top five. Oh, I reckon Lyset might, might sneak in at four. To be All right. Uh, now yeah, let's get on to the real talk, the rookies. Uh, let's get into that action because there is going to be some movement um, in Adelaide and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how it works. However, huge opportunity. With their new draft picks, there's probably not much relevancy in what they did in the offseason. And if they're relevant, they're too expensive. Absolutely. So their pick six was uh, Fisher McCasey. He's a key um, he's a key position utility player, um, basically a swingman and his teammate who's picked at 28, Josh Worrell. Um, they, they're both swingmen, so they'll likely start in defense, but I'm going to predict that they'll, they'll stay in the sandfall for hey, most of the year. If they're swingmen, I wonder if they live together. <laughs> oh, what a zinger. What a zinger. <laughs> Such an idiot. Sorry. Uh, Welcome back. Gear. No, that was good gear. Welcome back. Um, now, so other picks of note. So the only one that I think has a really good chance of playing this year and potentially early, uh, was their second pick, Harry Schoenberg. Um, who seemed to be the best local talent available at the pick. Um, it was, I think it was pick 24. Doesn't look to be a spot early for him because I think guys like Patrick Wilson and Ned McHenry will be the guys that actually uh, get the first dibs at that mid-time. Um, they didn't really get a look in last year. And no. These fringe positions are available with the departures of you know Greenwood, Douglas, yeah. and, and Kim Ellis Yeoman. So I've, I've heard a lot of hype on McHenry. Um, I think McHenry is going to probably he, play round one. I but think he is the one, and uh, I think... As far as preseason, I think as everything's going, apparently yep. rumor is he's Mick Hungry. Uh, he <laughs> is so keen. Oh, first pun of the year! Yeah, <laughs> that was a good year. He's hungry. All right. Um, now back to Schoenberg. Before I get on, I will. But we will touch a little bit more on McHenry. Um, but um, so Schoenberg averaged twenty-seven disposals, including ten kicks, sixteen handballs, uh, five tackles, and almost six clearances per game in the under eighteen championships. So he's that inside midfielder that they really lack. The right. guy that's actually going to clear the ball for them. So I do want to see him sometime this year. I just don't think it'll be round one. Unless he has like a sparkling JLT, smacks everyone off the park. Why are you yelling? What, what, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you yelling? Um, another one to watch, um, who is Rick, rookie price, but obviously not a rookie, um, is Ben Crocker. Um, so Ben Crocker was uh, a rookie listed um, after being delisted from Collingwood. Uh, look, never really lit up the place, but he's actually cheap. He's 152k. He probably starts round one with no Eddie bets. And I think the other factors will have people like Chase Jones, who we'll touch on shortly, move into the midfield, which leaves a big hole in the forward line. So I think Crocker probably plays round one. Um, and at 152k, at least he's going to be a warm body. But, I mean, his best average over 10 game series was 45.8. So he's not someone who's he's more expensive. He's probably not going to have to value. But keep an eye on him in the preseason because he could actually make an impact at Adelaide. The other one, of course, Ben Keys. Um, unfortunately, he's 266k. So just a little bit outside of the price you want to pay for him. Don't do it. I, I do wish him well, though. He is... He's an inside midfielder, and the problem was is that there wasn't a role for him in Brisbane. They tried to play him in other roles, and he could not adapt to yeah. other roles, and that was the issue. Whereas, you know, McCluggage and uh, so not McCluggage, um, Beast, 
Um, Beast. Yeah. Reese, uh, Reese Matheson. Matheson. Yeah. Um, he could actually adapt to different roles, whereas Keyes, he just could not adapt. He is he is what he is. I think that Keyes is basically Cam Ellis Yolman. So I think that there is potentially a spot for him in the starting 22 next year. Yep. Off the bench, I think he'll, he won't be a starting midfielder. Um, but I think he might be in their best 25 right now. So, But not relevant for draft or standard? No, no, probably not. No. Uh, just the awkward price. If he's under 200k, you no, look at him. No stability. He's he's one or True. two bad games away from, yeah, catch you later. Now, a very interesting rookie that I'm seriously looking at, uh, mainly because of his price, and I believe he will start round one, is Billy Frampton. So as mentioned before, is the only real positive of the trade scenario. Billy Frampton is basically a ruck forward, or um, and he play, has played that way in the sandfall fairly well. He's 165k. Didn't really get a look in at Port Adelaide, obviously with their uh, ruck contingent over that way. Yeah. Who's going to play the second? You have uh, Tex Walker, but who else is there? So like last year, what they did was um, so obviously Josh Jenkins was that guy, but now he's gone. So that role is definitely there. But what they did was they played Tex Walker and Yacht at, at stages, basically just to bump into the ruckman, so they wouldn't get. Uh, just an easy hit out to advantage. Yeah. And it worked terribly. Again, they they lacked heavily from clearances, and that's one of the reasons. So I do think they'll try and address that with playing Billy Frampton, and they'll probably go into the season with a two-ruck strategy. Yeah. So uh, I think Rob and Billy Frampton will play together. So just something to keep an eye on. At 165K, it's unfortunate it's not you know rookie-priced. It's not you know, basement-rookie-priced. Not sure what he can average. I will need to see more information in the JLT, obviously, to, to go through that. And by the way, I don't even think it's called the JLT. It's called something else this year, but like whatever. Hey, it's We're not AFLX, it. so happy days. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so I, I do think that that will be a thing. Um, unfortunately, he's not ruck forward uh, for Supercoach. He's only a forward, yeah, that hurts. which does hurt because he would have been locked in if he was a ruck forward. Um, hey, if you're playing fantasy, go, go nuts. He'll probably get DPP, so... Uh, now, not, so that's most like, of the rookies covered. Not like we can do that thing. Yeah. Um, preseason watch, Shane McAdam was one that um, was on everyone's highlight reel last year. He's a bit of a high-flying mark, but unfortunately a low-position player. So I would like to see... Um, he might have potential this year, obviously, with the movement in the forward line. Um, he might actually get a game round one or get at least be in the mix. So someone to watch there. Breakout contenders, I've got here Darcy Fogarty. I think that he is absolutely awesome. Whether he can maintain a level and be consistent is his issue. Yep. But he breaks games open with his with his kicking. So, um, but I can think he average wanna... eighty to be draft relevant? Well, I don't think so. No, because his lows are too low. And <laughs> he's got too little low just, lows and highs. I just criticised Pistol, being like, "Hey, you got the first. His highs are highs." And he just said his lows are his lows are too low. Exactly right. But I do think that he's got a potential. Like. If he pulls it all together this year, the oh, role's going to be, be there for him and the, the potential is there. I think he'll be great for the team, but I don't think he'll be yep. super coach relevant. Um, Chase Jones, I also am very high on. 271k as a forward. Yeah, he played eight games last year in average 50, playing mainly forward or half forward. This year, he's going to be in the guts. Yep. I guarantee you he'll play that uh, half high half forward um, and in the guts role. He's killed it, uh, killed the, um, the, the time trial this year, absolutely smashed it. Um, yes. So he's he's one that I think they want to get midfield time into, and it's Would just a matter of time. Would you start him in standard though? Oh, that's I've, a risky I've thought move. About, it depends if he lights up the preseason. Yeah, fair. There's every chance that at 271k, that's fair. I take a risk on him. Yeah, I'd rather take a risk on him. But what would Ben Hill? What average would you need? What average would you need to get out of that then? Well, like, I think that he's probably going to average somewhere between 80 and 85. Okay. And I think that that is enough to he's going to make enough money 
to be able to be worth it. Okay. But hopefully it, it all depend on the role that he gets, and we need to watch the preseason for yeah. that. So watch the preseason. Roll's good. But hopefully you're hoping with their soft start to the year, absolutely. maybe he will get a couple of good scores and up the price. I think that he's one okay. to invest on for keeper leagues. I think if you're going to, um, in draft, he's going to be very relevant as your last forward. Chuck, Chuck or, and Chase Jones in there. Or bench option. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll get him. Yeah, no one will be looking at him, and I think nah, he's dirt, very much value. Dirt cheap. Speaking of dirt cheap, Chris, the one player who I think should be in consideration for everyone's side, regardless of who you are, is Tom Doody. Um, I think it, his figures speak for themselves. But we'll recap: is two hundred seventy-three k defender. He will definitely break out. He sort of broke out in his rookie average eighty-two in his first year. Busted his ACL in his first game back, so that's why he's got the um, the really cheap price. Uh, but I think the sky's the limit. I think he could probably average somewhere between 85 to 95. He can be that guy, is that intercepting defender that yes. manages their back line because Alex Keith is now gone as well. I think with that, you have, I think the bull will be in their defense. And Andy Otten. I think their ball gone. in defense will be a little bit more. They'll have a little bit more ball coming into defense. Yep. So I think for, as an intercept dis, um Intercept defender, I think the points are definitely there. Yeah. But my only concern is that if Keith and stuff's gone, Keith didn't exactly score that well. So you're looking at him to intercept and re and then get those points just purely from intercepting, or is he going to have to lock down a little bit more? Because well, he's not really a lockdown the consider- type. The consideration is that yeah, exactly right. So he's who, not that type. Who does that? Well, Talia does that, and he will do that forever. Yes. So that's his only role. He's However, getting, he's getting old. So we will need yeah. The one thing we will need to watch obviously is does his role change in the preseason. I don't think it will. I think you'll see him coming in the preseason, just going to be taking intercepts and intercepts and intercepts. And I'm hoping for a high 80s average, but I think that even low 80s is still value enough to pick him in your side. Yeah. Well, even Darcy Moore got like an 80 and he yeah. still made you money. So, Look, you'll be able to make enough money to upgrade to an Uber premium or you'll um, he'll be a keeper or a D6-7 towards Ooh, the season's end. Don't say keeper. No. Could be a keeper. Nah, not going to be a keeper. If he averages low 90s, nah, not gonna be last a upgrade... No, oh, no. move him on. It's going to happen. Well, either way, it doesn't matter. If if he's yeah, if he doesn't end up averaging what you want him to, you can just move him on. But he's made enough money. He's cheap enough. You can take a risk. And I think that uh, most people should be he looking is, at him or a type like him at his price. He is the better risk because you know most people are comparing him to like Robertson, right? Whereas Robertson, he probably will have to lock down if he's not freed up. So that's another one to watch. Well, Plus, they, he, I don't he, know if that came back. last year. Well, so then I mean, he came, got... he, yeah, he came back and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, played a game and oh, my heart. Like, you know, he didn't play last year, but there's no guarantee on he might play a few games and then something might, you know, might be a real tough game. Next minute his heart's elevated and like, oh, let's not take a risk. And that's you done. You don't know with Robertson and he has a great scoring potential when he's free but now you have your your Wilkies you have um, your Webster and you have a few other people there's a few coming back that could take the role and if they do that then Robertson's not going to score that well I think Robertson still might be worth the risk but something we'll he, touch on in the St. he's Kilda, worth it because he can pod. downgrade or whatever he is it, what he again is. could be a keeper could, they, they, these two guys are guys that you pick at 270k with the hope that they may be a keeper but worst case scenarios, they're likely they have very high chance to make you enough money yeah. to upgrade to an Uber Premium, or they at least play like eight to ten rounds, yeah. Yeah. and they're going to score well while doing it. Fair. So fair, fair. That is Adelaide wrapped up, my friend. I think we went all right. Adelaide in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, thank um, you very much, and do keep tuning for each day. We're going to try and release a podcast essentially each day. We will be possibly more than one a day. You'll just have to keep your eyes and ears open. And uh, until then, we'll catch you next time. See you later. See you guys. Bye.
The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I 